Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Well, with some help from some Lego characters, just a moment ago, you heard the Christmas story read. And there are two distinct parts to this story. There's the wildly human beginning, right, with Caesar Augustus, taxes, hometowns, not enough beds when you visit the in-laws, and, and a baby being born. Right, and then the second half, the second half of the story, it takes a turn for the supernatural, right, with wise men following a star, angels in the sky, a whole heavenly chorus serenading some shepherds who are keeping watch of their flock. I think the first part of this story, it's, it's easier for us to wrap our heads around, easier for us to find ourselves within its pages, its characters. Mary and Joseph, they're in baby mode, right? They're in nesting mode, if you've had children, think back to the, the month leading up to the birth of your first child. I bet you ran around the house making sure everything was exactly where it was supposed to be, and then two days later you did it again, even though nothing had changed. It's nesting. I see some heads nodding. Nesting, it's about keeping up the illusion of control when something in us knows that the unexpected is about to happen. We're human. So we get that moment. I'm sure Mary and Joseph are trying to slow things down, right? prepare themselves for the birth of their first child. That is, until they get news, until they hear word that they need to take the nest down. They need to strap the pack and play on the back of the camel and take a long walk to Bethlehem, Joseph's hometown. No nest. No nursery, no support system, no birthing plan, no hotel room reservations made in advance, which I'm sure Joseph never lived down. This is not what they expected. And yet somehow that makes it even more human. At times it feels like the unexpected happening is all that we can count on, relinquishing our, our idea of being in control. It might, it might even be something worth practicing over the holidays. Right? It's good for our mental health. It's good for our soul in church world. We call it surrendering. Needless to say, Mary and Joseph, they, they have to surrender their plans and get a move on. And now apparently Joseph isn't, isn't super tight with his extended family because despite it being his hometown where his ancestors are from, there's no bed, right? no room, no space for them when they get there. So they end up in a garage, a screened-in porch, a barn of sorts. It's space, I guess, but it's not the kind of space that you'd necessarily want to sleep in or have a baby in but things are moving. The baby's coming, whether they're ready or not, human instinct kicks in, a flood of emotions, neurochemicals, and crazy strength, and then one of God's most remarkable magic tricks 
more people leave the room than entered. A new human life enters the world. A baby is born. And the text says that Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. Right, how human is that whole scene? Right, I bet some of you can, you can see it, you can feel it. Those, those very first moments of holding a child, there's nothing else like it. You treasure those moments, you ponder those moments. It's, it's so miraculous and yet messy and human all at the same time. And then all of a sudden, it's like the director like turns the camera, right? Cuts to a completely different scene. It feels like a different genre almost. Instead of the raw human emotions of a baby being born in a manger, we have angels popping up in the sky, right? In fact, we have an entire heavenly chorus of angels. We have some wise men, astrologers, magi, who've been following a star from the east. And, and then we have some shepherds caught in the crossfire. Well, they're just trying to watch their flock by night. The first part of the story, it's wildly human. It's easy to, to enter, to relate to. The second part, it's a little bit harder for us to wrap our minds around, right? I have a little less life experience in the following the star and an angel singing department. And yet, you know, it's, it's the very same part of our humanity that helps us empathize with Mary and Joseph, that helps us enter their human story, that moment at the manger, that might also cause us to ask some hard questions. Has anyone ever dared to wonder if this part of the story really played out like that? Has anyone ever, ever struggled with the, the supernatural parts of the story? Don't raise your hand, he might upset grandma. But have you ever wondered? Have you ever questioned? Been less than certain about the second half of this story? Let's go there, because I believe that, that you are in that story, that your questions are in this story. Follow me on this one. So we have a couple characters still left to consider, right, to walk alongside. So first, let's consider the wise men, the magi, the stargazers from the east. These guys, these are the philosophy of religion majors at a small liberal arts school like drinking tea and smoking their grandpa's pipe, right? If you know your zodiac sign or have, have connected with your spirit animal, you might get these guys, right? You might connect with them. I'm just teasing a little bit, but, but at the same time, they, they did pack up expensive fragrances, gold, and they followed a twinkling star to an unknown place because they had a feeling. So maybe it's not surprising that the Magi would buy into the supernatural parts of the story, would soak them up. But what about some, some normal people? Right, no offense, but I just, I don't connect with the Magi. I don't think we would have been friends. What about some, some normal folk? How would they have reacted to the first Christmas? Right, just some hardworking, salt of the earth, normal folk, like farmers or like shepherds. 
So the shepherds in the Christmas story, they're doing their job. It's not the most glamorous job. They got the night shift. They're walking, they're watching their flock. But it's a job nonetheless. And while they're working, angel pops up in the sky. And we read, the angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you. Wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He's Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great assembly of heavenly forces was with the angel, praising God. They said, glory to God in the heavens and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. And then the angels disappear as quick as they came. And we read that when the angels left them and returned to the heavens, the shepherds turned to each other and said, let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has shown us. Hear that? Let's, let's confirm what the Lord has shown us. Those are, are my type of guys. Right? They aren't jumping all the way in. They still have their wits about them. They aren't just following a mystical star down the path of enlightenment. They're shepherds. They're farmers. They're real dudes who want to confirm all of this craziness that just happened. They want to see it for their, with their own eyes. And in doing so, the shepherds invite us to join them on their journey as they seek to confirm the Christmas story, as they seek answers to some of their questions. And so if we have any questioners, any skeptics, any not so into just following stars folks here tonight, you're in this story too. There's a place for you and your questions in the Christmas story. But if you let me, I'd like to take this just a little bit further and talk about the kind of questions that they might have been asking, the kind of questions that we might ask ourselves. I think it's, it's way too easy as, as modern readers to assume that what the shepherds were seeking to confirm was if the Christmas story was true, right? Is it true? We want to know. We're rational, post-enlightenment thinkers. We're really smart. We even listen to science sometimes. But what if the shepherds were after something else? What if what they sought to confirm was a completely different question? Now, obviously, we don't know what they were thinking or seeking to confirm, but I want to make a suggestion all the same. I want to make a suggestion for a a better question, a more interesting question, a question that's far less likely to turn into a debate at a dinner table and far more likely to draw us into the joy of Christmas. Instead of asking if it's true, what if we asked, is it good? What if the shepherds weren't seeking to confirm if all the crazy stuff was true? What if they were simply seeking to confirm that it was good, good news, 
good news that had the potential of being great joy for, for everyone, everyone, everyone. Is it good? Is God entering the world, entering human existence, a good thing? Is Christmas good? Is what we're doing here tonight good? So we tell our kids, read out loud, pass from one generation to the next. Well, is it good? What do you think? I'll let you know how I see it. You remember all that crazy human stuff that Mary and Joseph went through, right? The surprise pregnancy, the full-term road trip, the, the birth in a barn, all the uncertainty, all the unexpected twists and turns, the undesirable circumstances. You remember all that human stuff, right? And I know that, that each one of your life story contains a ton of human stuff. Right, the amazing traditions of, of this time of year, they warm our souls. And at the same time, the, there's deep loss that we're reminded of over and over and over this time of year. Right, forget the peaks and valleys. Sometimes life feels more like an avalanche. Just keeps tossing you around until you don't even know which way's up. I know that each and every one of you have experienced the ups and downs of being human. And what makes the Christmas story so good is that from that moment on, God has two. God has two. There's no more distant onlooker no more need for burnt sacrifices to appease the sky. God gets it. God totally gets all of the amazing and painful parts of being human. God, the divine, the source of life and love has entered our world. Our messy and sometimes miraculous world and get this, God enters as a baby of all things, a baby, a baby that needs to eat and be held, a baby that, that screams, cries, poops his pants. And since we're being honest tonight, probably a baby that was dropped once or twice by Mary and Joseph, a real life baby. And that makes this really good news for anyone who's ever been a baby or dropped a baby. God gets it. God totally gets it. Jesus, God, Emmanuel, God with us. It's good. It's, it's good news that can bring great joy to, to every single human. And so as, as you inevitably go through some more human stuff over the holidays, over the coming year, know that it doesn't matter whether you feel more like a magi or a shepherd. Know that it doesn't matter whether you came here tonight seeking something or, or you came here to make your wife happy. Know that it, it doesn't matter where 
you find yourself on life's journey of, of ups and downs and twists and turns, God is with you all the same. God totally gets it. And it's all good. Merry Christmas. Amen.